We're gonna have fun. Everybody, welcome back to another season of More Than a Title. This is season four, episode one. I'm your host, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer OTB Outside the Box Digital. And I've got my co-host, my brother, my cousin, my partner in crime, Chadio, your favorite CEO's favorite CEO. What's good, baby? You know the motto, if it ain't bright, it ain't right. <laughs> Black is so boring. <laughs> you know the vibes, man. So first of all, I missed yeah. y'all, man. I'm glad we parted, man. I'm ready to pod today. I'm ready to pod. We just came from a conference, man. I'm ready to do this thing. So before we begin, let's do some house cleaning things. You know, first off, foremost, season one through three is now exclusively brought to you by their live podcast network. So please streaming. download the app. It's streaming and brought yes. to you by. So thank you for all the supporters. Thank you for all the guests from season one to three. You guys are the reason we're growing and glowing. And Absolutely. we're going to got a crazy lineup for you. Started with this gentleman right here this guy right here is a beast man so i'm gonna just tell you straight up and down guys like i've been following this brother for a long time for three years from my beginning of my journey but he went from zero marketing experience to head of content at a billion dollar startup in 12 months all because he figured out how to capture attention and convert it into revenue he helped build and scale scon's infamous brand from content engine from 20 million to 200 million arr and also rocketed his side hustle the reader into a six-figure business now he's advising some of the world's fast and growing companies and startups, including Notion, Wiz, Audience Plus, and many more. So let's introduce my guy, Director of Content at Clary, Devin Reed. What's going on, baby? Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. He's in I the say, hot seat. I, I say welcome aboard because this is about to be a train ride, baby. Yeah. I like it. I was going to ask for the air horn if I didn't get it on, <laughs> on site, so I appreciate that. Yeah. So How you What's going today? on, boys? Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, of course, man. Thank you for being there, man. Like I said, I've been following you for quite some time, man. Udi was my first guest on More Than a Title, bro. So, Oh, really? Yeah, nice. he was, he he was the first guest. Set it off for us. So to have you here on season four, episode one, man, it feels like we're going to be able to connect some dots. We're going to have some fun, brother. But let's, you Absolutely. know, it's all about you, man. So for anybody, first time listeners, More Than a Title is not about tips and tricks. Even though we're going to give you business ideas and, and also help you elevate because that's what this platform is about, we're going to really get to know who the person is because without any title, you're a brother, you're a father, you're so many things before you are that title. And that's who we want to get to know, brother. So if you want to, man, let's start from the top, baby. Let's hide did you get into the industry, man? And where are you from? So I'm originally from Sacramento, California. Okay. Uh, and so I graduated from Sac State and uh, it was tough getting my first gig out of college. So if you don't know much about California, like Sacramento 10 years ago, didn't have a whole lot going for it. It's starting to come up a little bit more, but it's got a lot of the, uh, the capital is there. So yeah. a lot of the jobs are the government jobs, right? Like no offense to anyone in the government jobs they are kind of boring, but they're secure. You get a pension. And yeah. when I was graduating, I'm like, I guess that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get a job, get an apartment, kind of get my life started. And I had applied to 127 jobs. I remember like Ooh, turning in 127 wow. applications and I'd finally gotten an interview at wow. the Capitol, at, you know, one of the Capitol buildings at the one of the uh, offices. And uh, so I had that I had and I finally got one and I got an offer. Mm -hmm. And so I said, OK, there's one lane. And at the same time, through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, I got one interview for a tech job in San Francisco. 
And so being from Sacramento, other than listening to Bay Area music growing up, I've been yeah. through the city. Like, you know, I was like, man, this is like the city of San Francisco is actually very small. But when you come from Sacramento, it feels like New York. Like, it's just like, you know, it's mm. like this is the place. This is where I want to go. I want to try to make it. And so I can go through the interview experience because there's a bit of a story there as well. But the long story short is I ended up getting a job offer in tech uh, for like an intro, uh, like an entry level, like customer success, customer support type of role. And so I took it mm. packed up, moved from SF with, you know, I don't know, a thousand bucks in my pocket, whatever, mm. enough for rent for a month, uh, set up shop in tech. And uh, from there, you know, got into sales, got into marketing. We'll, we'll, we'll break into the, each of those parts, but that's kind of like the long story short. I got to backtrack you. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I've never, I've never heard of somebody putting in 127 applications what what age were you when you when you first got into tech when you were putting in these applications after college i was 23 when i graduated 23 years old and you had the ability and the focus to say i'm gonna put in 127 applications somebody, you know what that means in, in in layman's terms somebody gonna give me a damn job that's <laughs> oh, yeah. it somebody gonna give me a damn job so that, i just want to clap for you on that that's amazing fortitude brother that's amazing and, Thanks, and, and then you bet on yourself though you know what i'm curious because you packed up and left right so you went from sacramento to san francisco and it was gone as a customer success role so for those who are listening that don't know about the sales hierarchy right like it's kind of middle pack, kind of like the sales roles, right? We're, we're, we're important, but they, we're not C-suite or anything like that. So you went on the limb. What was your first impression of Gong? So it wasn't even at Gong. This was 10 years ago. So this was right. uh, gotcha. a company called ClearSlide. I, I joined Gong five years ago. Gotcha. Um, so this was a company called ClearSlide. They're not even a company anymore. And it was Damn. it was the bottom. You want to talk about hierarchy? It was the bottom. It was the bottom. <laughs> like I literally was calling. So Twitter was an account of ours. Gotcha. And I was literally calling people like, Hey, Chad, this is Devin at ClearSlide. And you're like, so? I'm like, actually, <laughs> you're, you're a client of ours. Right. And so. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out. Like, you know, this ClearSlide, we can do all these things to help you be a better seller. And my job was like cold calling existing clients. Like, you know how frustrating it is to be like, no, you're already a client. And they treat you like, I don't give a shit. Uh, and so that's what I was doing for the first three to six months of my career. was just calling people, trying to get them to adopt the platform. So someone above me in the hierarchy can make more money on commission. <laughs> Am I wrong? Isn't ClearSlide like they used to have pitch decks or whatever? It was kind of like the yes, up with the meetings. Yes. I remember ClearSlide. We used to use that. Oh. I used to hate that platform. So, <laughs> so just, hey, so did a, so did a lot of people I called. Yeah, <laughs> but just clarify for me. So when you say that yeah. Twitter was already uh, working with your company, but you're still calling people. And they don't know about it. And so can you explain that? Because I'm a little confused. Yeah. 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 So imagine, you know, VP of sales at Twitter right. buys ClearSlide, like, I don't know, 500 licenses, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. All 500 people aren't using the platform. All of them haven't been through onboarding. Uh, they just bought gotcha. the licenses. And so then you have to go f get them to onboard. So in a year or two, right. they, they renew because they've been using the platform, right? So like my job was... Yeah, like that kind of cold calling existing clients, yeah, which is right. kind of kind of weird. Yeah. And, and to give you more context, Chad, like it was a sales enablement platform. So, right, okay. he's going to Twitter, right? So they got a whole entire sales division, right? Like Court Bro and all of them. And now what they're trying to do is to have this ClearSlide product help them with pitches and help them be more effective yeah. and accurate. So now right. they've got these licenses and now the VP of Twitter might be like, what the hell, are we even using this shit? They're making so much money that you, you're just like, it's hand, money hand over fish. You don't really know what's in your tech stack. And then yeah. you're like, you're calling, your dev is calling like, hey man, you're spending like 500 grand with us. Like, who the hell are you? And now you have to try to convince them of the value and do all that other stuff, man. It's a lot. See, now it makes yep. sense to me because um, 
you know, I was thinking, I know the company's not cheap, and with Twitter, with the workforce that they have, I assume that they were spending quite a bit for these type of licenses. And yep. I would think, I mean, common sense train coming through, choo-choo. You know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I, would, I would think, right? I would think that if you bought something for a couple hundred thousand dollars, you would at least send out an email or have like a conference and say, hey, we now have this, let's implement a program so that the yeah. workers actually use this thing. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was a uh, you know the growth of all costs era you know money like you say money was flowing and uh you know even still when you have a high 500 people it's tough to get everybody on a zoom call to right, do the yeah. training so yeah. anyway that's that's uh yeah that's how it started so what was the transition from claire slide to or if you don't mind me asking if you don't mind sharing with yeah. us bro what, what happened yeah. at claire slide that made you want to leave so i was uh so about three or six uh, actually about six months in uh the VP of sales came to the floor and this was of this role, there's probably like 30 of us. And these are all like mostly dudes out of college because yeah. what it was, was a stepping stool to a closing role. So if you can make it here, usually like a year or two in, you do a, uh, like an interview and then you go be a sales rep. Right. Yeah. Well, for yeah. some reason, like VP comes to the floor and he's like, look, we have eight spots, like tw eight or 12 spots. We need to fill them immediately. If you think you have what it takes, I don't care if you've been here for a day or three years, we're doing like a pitch off next week you need to go to this gal's office by tomorrow at noon and tell her you want it. And immediately I'm like, nah, I'm not a sales guy. That ain't me. Like I'm not a used car salesman. Cause that was the mentality I had. I had no experience in this. Like, let me tell you, like I literally showed up to the job interview in my like tuxedo wedding shoes. Like, you know, like I had, not the, I had the winged bro, Chad, you would see yourself in these things. They were so shiny, like so unnecessarily overdressed. And I'm in like slacks that don't fit. I'm in like my dad's polo with the tie. I barely know. Like I yep. looked terrible. I, I looked it. terrible, but I got it. And so I'm wearing those every day because I couldn't afford any like dress clothes. I'm looking like I'm ready for a wedding reception on a Tuesday afternoon. But anyway, so I'm like, nah, that's not for me. And then I like talk, I was like thinking about it because I'm like, but at the same time, this feels like a pretty good opportunity. Like someone's literally coming to me and being like, I don't care if you're ready. Here's the door if you want to walk through it. Right. And so I like talked to like my uncle who's like, you know, he's like in business and he's been really successful. And he was like, you're calling me to just tell you to do something you already know you should do. You just want me to tell you to do it. And I'm not going to do that. You need to decide. So the next day I went into her office at literally, I remember 11.59 a.m., like right before the deadline. And I was like, all right, Tiffany, put my name in the hat. And so, Mazi, <laughs> you know what's worse? I didn't know I was that's overdressing for like months. That's from the, com that's like from the comment section. That's yeah, from the comment like section that. let you know that Jerry used to overdress the same way. <laughs> that's my same story, Dev. It's all real. <laughs> The double-breasted was... Steve Harvey suits. Yeah, right. What's in messed a, up in is for a, in the a first few months, I, I thought that was like, I thought it looked good. Like, I thought I was killing it when I like right. got ready. And right. then after a couple of months, I'm like, no one's dressed like me. And I don't think that's a good thing. Like, not in the good way. Right. So so you do this pitch. What happened was you, you get like a day or two to prep. And what happens was it was a, a hiring manager and a director would do a, a mock call with you. So you had to like pitch them clear slides. You did like a discovery and then like a little demo. And uh, I'll never forget it. So you got, I got to like 25 minutes out of the 30 minutes and the call was starting to break down. Like my knowledge and endurance was starting to, you know, I'm getting winded here. And at the end they start, which I learned later was a tactic is like, they press you super hard at the end. Like they just beat you up with objections to see how you respond Yeah, because they know you haven't been trained for it. You didn't go through onboarding. They're just seeing like, if I punch you in the mouth, what are you going to do? Yeah. And the objection was, 
Like, Devin, why would I pay for this when I'm already getting that feature with this other, you know, some bullshit? I don't know. Some, this thing I already have. And I took a beat. And I was like, you know what, Jarrett, for you, free 99. It's on the house. If we can get this done, free 99. And there was this, like, long pause. And they just started busting up laughing at me. Because they're like, man, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But you, you, you're on the ropes and you gave it a go. And so they ended up hiring me. They're like, you know what? We'll give this kid a try. And so I moved into the sales role, was there for about a year and a half. And then, uh, and then I moved on. Mm. That, so there's two gems in that. Days. There's yeah. two gems in that. First of all, somebody gave you an opportunity that you wasn't ready for, right? They opened the mm -hmm. door because a lot of the times you fight for these opportunities. You said it was only a certain number of slots, right? So they yep. opened, they gave you an opportunity. And number two, you were confident enough to say, Shit, I'm gonna shoot my shot, right? Because again, yeah. if I if listen, if I lose, I lose. But I, you know, at least you could be honest with yourself and say, listen, I tried, right? But right. I want to say this. Let me ask you this question. I know you said you graduated from Sac State. Is your degree in what's your degree in? English. English, right? So mm -hmm. we had this conversation the other day about the statistics of people that go to universities and spend four or five years and come out a hundred thousand dollars in debt and then get a job doing something else. Right. You know, Which I so wasn't this, going to be. Right. Which yeah. I wasn't <laughs> going to do. Right. You know, so, so that makes your story right. even, even more, uh, you know, uh, astounding because you're, you're trained in something completely different. Yeah. And something yeah, completely different that you studied and spent your money on and then said, okay, let me pivot in that. <laughs> let, me, let me go left. You know what I mean? So, you know. But, but, but let's, let, let's take it back, though. Yeah. Where did that pivot come from, though, right? right. Like, we're right out of college. You're like, man, like, I'm not going to go to a college. I'm not going to go to a credit university. I'm not going to go to high school and teach English. Like, where did you go? Right. Yeah. Did, you just, did you see Wolf of Wall Street? Like, nah, these, I got to go in sales. Like, what was it for you, bro? <laughs> it was something. It was actually close to what Chad said. So I graduated, um, luckily, with not a lot of debt because I went to, like, junior college. Like, I played basketball mm -hmm. for junior college. I bounced around a little bit. And then I yeah. took the last couple of years at, at Sac State, like, two and a half years. So I graduated from there. But it wasn't. I wasn't in crazy debt. But what happened was I was supposed to go into be an English teacher in high school. And mm. so when I, what happened was you have to get accredited. And there was this program at the UC Santa Cruz that is like one of the best programs for this. And you get your master's and credentialed in like 18 months. Nice. Mm. 50 grand. And so I'm on my, we, we didn't talk about it. I'm on my own, by the way. I'm like living at my girlfriend's mom's house because my family moved. My grandpa got sick, like this whole thing. So I'm by my, I'm on my own. Right. Wow. And they're like, okay, you can go follow your dream, but you need to put up 50 grand, which would have put me like 80 grand total in the hole. And teachers make like 40 grand a year. So I did, I didn't even need to do napkin math. It's in my head. I'm never paying that off. I'm, I'm broke. I'm literally signing up to be broke for like 20 to 30 years. And I was right. like, that's not me. That's not my MO at all. Right. So I had to give that up. And then we get back to 127 applications and this tech job. And I go, look, if I'm going to roll the dice, let's go big. Let's go to SF. See if you have what it takes. Try to make it. And if not, you go do a government job. You pay off your student loans and, you know, you go live a good life that way. So, yeah, that was the, the decision that, there. That, that's fire, bro. And the reason why I asked you that, because you need to have that mindset in order to succeed in sales, as you know. Right. Like, so for, for you to not be that hungry and be like, man, I'm just going to jump on the limb. I'm going to go to San Francisco with a thousand dollars and I'm going to be successful. They didn't even give me a sales role. It was a customer success role at that. Yep. And I'm going to figure it out. So that's why when you spoke to your family, he was like, man, do I have to tell you what you already, you knew what you were yeah. going to do. Cause you're a killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, means that, that means that they've seen that in you from an early age. Right. And, Absolutely. and, often, and oftentimes people that are above you, parents and, 
and people that are just more experienced than you, you, you can look down on somebody and see the potential. So they already seen the potential. They like, stop wasting time. Go, go do what you was meant to do. That's what that message yep. was. I, yeah. I think yeah. all, and I plus also think all, all the great sellers luck into it. You're yeah. not in high school or in eighth grade thinking about, I'm going to be the best salesperson ever said nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like same thing with me, Devin. I'll give you the quick. I won't go into the long, but but like at the end of the day, when I was I was working at BBQs and and Starbucks, I had my first child, and at the end of the day, I was like, man, I'm just putting a hundred something applications. I'm on Indeed, everything, anything that say I'm better than my shit, I was on it. I went to yeah. a random place, bro, for a hospital call center job, and the dude, some random recruiter, heard me speaking. He said, man, have you ever considered sales? Said, man, I've been hustling all my life. I've been selling all my life. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. You feel know I me? Mean? In my head. And I said, yes, I'd be interested. He said, it's $40,000 a year. Beast is 10 I'm making. So he exactly. said, sell me the pencil straight out of Wolf of Wall Street. The movie already came out. I fucking knew the line. So I'm like, <laughs> write, your, write your name. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, cheat code. Yeah, yeah, the cheat code. The fucking yeah. the movie came out. Are you right. shitting me? So right. I hit him with that. And next thing you know, I'm in a, a Manhattan in his office and I'm making a video, a virtual video for the employer and I end up getting the job. And then that's how nice. I my, started my sales career, bro. So the same that. thing like you, man. And then we yeah. kicked their ass when I got the first day at the job. They're going around the room. I'm from Buffalo, Yale. I'm like, I'm Jared from Evander Childs High School with baggy ass slacks and some Pradas, braids down my back with a 3X polo. Like, wait, I'm going to kick wait, your ass. And they looking wait, at me and laughing yeah. He was looking like Allen Iverson on draft day. Talking about practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Allen Iverson on draft day. And right. I hit their ass with the time room. Philly, Philly, here I come. <laughs> I hope you did the step over somebody, Jared. Like at the end of the month when you beat somebody, I hope you just did like that. Oh, it was it was a lot of bodies in the sales yeah. on on the sales chart. I stepped over. But shout out right. to y'all. <laughs> so, bro, that so what? Since we're talking about sales, right? Yeah. So, and we're talking about good, successful sales. What do you think are some of the best traits, or what what advice would you give to other sellers right now that are young that want to be and grow in a career, specifically in tech? What's the best advice you'd give? I think the first thing is uh, accountability. So that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing. And I know that like, telling someone to be accountable isn't, isn't uh, it's almost cliche, right? But the yeah. truth is the people that I've seen be successful. So like I've always, I I've been number one on the sales floor before, but I was spent more time not being number one, right? Like figuring out how to get there. And so I was always trying to sit next to learn from, hear from the guys who were killing it. And you could tell who they were because most of them weren't stressed. So if you're on a sales floor with 100 people and two guys aren't stressed or gals aren't stressed, that's interesting to me because you're number you're, how are you at number one, number two, but you're not sweating, you're not you know you're you're just not like a, a stress ball at the end of the month and quarter. And so I wanted to learn from them. And part of what they had said was you need to be accountable to control what you can control. You can control your activity. You can control how what time you show up, what time you leave. You can't control when you get a bad email. You can't control when you get hung up on. You can't control a deal that would have paid your mortgage for three months, falls short at the end of the quarter. You can't control any of that. But you need to own it because no director, no VP wants to hear an excuse at the end of the day. They want to hear ownership. Mm. And I've seen guys get ripped up like, what? hey, Chad, how come this deal didn't come in? You said it would. It's like, Oh, well, you know, she said she was going to do this, but it didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. And they get ripped to shreds, if not fired. Like I've seen people fired on the spot for BSing their way through like why something went south. I've also seen people go, I told you it would close. It didn't close. Here's why I made a mistake at this point. I didn't do this at this point, And that's why it didn't close. And you get a second chance for that. You live to fight mm -hmm. another day. And so I think it's just built like really tough, like thick skin for me. Because one, all you know, Jerry, you say, all the rejection that you just get used to, you just get, uh, I call it Teflon. You just become Teflon. You get used to it. But at the end of the day, no one feels sorry for you. Work harder. 
That's why I would tell people, no one feels sorry for you. Just work harder. No one's going to, no one cares that Chad got an inbound for a hundred grand. He hits his quarter and you didn't work harder. And so I just had that mentality throughout my entire career. And it compounds year over year because you get smarter, you meet more people, more doors open. But if you keep that mindset, you're going to keep being successful. You'll find ways and make your own luck. That's method. That's one of the realest sales advice I've heard crazy. on this show, bro. And yeah. that is so real for that anybody, crazy. that accountability. I've seen the yeah. same exact thing, right? And, and for me, in my first sales job, I did the same exact thing. So while everybody, I was, the hustle I had, right? I could make 200 dows, right? But then I'm looking yeah. at the dude that's making 50 dows. And like you said, he's not sweating. He's getting up, taking a cigarette break when he wants. He took three <laughs> shits throughout the day or something. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, he's killing yeah. it. And, and I'm over here making 200 dows. Why? So shout out to yep. Santo Polanco, shout out to Steve right. Santilli. I looked at those dudes and I ended up killing it with those guys. I ended up learning from them, listening to their calls, you know, studying, just mirroring them. Yo, what does your day-to-day process look like? And then I implemented what I had, created my own gumbo, and I became a successful seller using that tactic and holding myself yep. accountable. So that was the best. Oh, man, I appreciate you saying that. Right. I mean, you know, any, any job um, that I can know, that I can think of, that does sales is always incentive based, right? Like, you know, risk versus reward. Uh, sales, I'm, my background, uh, Devin, is, is construction. I've, uh, I have a construction company. I've been doing construction for like nice. 20, 22 years. It's one of my other companies. Um, and even though we have a union, even though we have a union, it, it's like that, right? You can be in a union, but like if I'm a foreman, like I'm a foreman, I'm a manager on a job, I could have a bad day, like a really, just come in like, I didn't get in last night. Somebody can fire it. Hey, speaking of deals falling through. Yeah, 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 I'm telling you, right? So, um, and I've seen it happen, right? Like I've seen people come in and go through orientation and before coffee break at 9.15, they start at 7, before 9.15, they're getting paid out for the day. Like, yeah, this is not going to work out. Like, you didn't even yeah. see me work, but, but you know, you look funny. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> if I say that to say like, again, like, Think about what you said before. You already had the idea of going into a government job that was secure. Benefits, medical, dental. The med- Let me tell you something. In today's day and age, medical and dental sometimes is worth more than your salary. Let's talk about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Medical and dental might be worth more than your salary. So to, to turn down a job that you knew had guaranteed pension, medical benefits, if you had a child, whatever the case, and say, I'm going to go over here where I could get fired tomorrow yeah. tomorrow yeah that's a big leap that's a big, big leap yeah. that's a big leap that, that was a bet on yourself and, and, I, and again at 23 right we're not talking about older Devin that now has right. experience that has hindsight we're talking about young Devin right out of college you came out of college from partying and having fun and you're still like I'm responsible enough to make this type of a decision so I applaud you for that yeah, man. Thanks, man. I applaud you for that. Uh, and I respect the the construction game. My dad's a yeah. foreman as well, iron workers. And so I play. I right. paid through college every summer for three months. Was doing iron work uh, right. in in mm. Stockton and Sacramento, 115 degree heat. Yeah, man. Uh, doing construction. So that's I think part of you know the story too is like I paid for college. I didn't you know no one gave no one gave me uh, a, a right. check to go to college. I would work my ass off all summer. I got one tattoo at the end of summer. That was my treat. A couple hundred <laughs> bucks for for a tattoo. And then right. all of it went to tuition, man. So yeah, respect. I know that's uh, that's tough work for sure. Yeah. So man. you said that your father was an iron worker. Let me ask you this: Do you have any other family in sales? Um, 
I was the second to graduate college and the only other guy who was in sales, like a CEO, that was my uncle. So he was okay. the first to graduate college, but okay. no one's like in sales, I would say. No. Okay. So you didn't have any guidance like beforehand, right? Somebody to look up to, no. to say, Hey, like, so you say your uncle, what's your uncle name? Like to say Tommy, Hey, your uncle Tommy make a lot of money. He drive that Cadillac. What do you do? So you didn't have that type of influence. So this really was a blind move for you. Yeah, it was cl uh, close. Not Tommy Lonnie. Uh, oh. <laughs> you're close. You're really Wait, close. Did he have a Cadillac though? Did he have a Cadillac? You got a BMW 750 oh. and I oh. always remembered that. <laughs> I saw him pull up in that and I was like, yeah. you own a house, you got the car. Yeah. He, you know, he was, we were like cordial, but he lived on the other side of the state. Like we, you know, we didn't interact a lot, but I always had respect for him the way he acted, the way he, you know, treated the family. And yeah, yeah. you saw he's, he's made right. it somehow. You never knew, you know, especially when you're younger, you don't really know the ins and outs of financial stability, but you're like, right. like if you're driving a new 750 every couple of years, you must be doing something right. right. No. And so he was always open to like coaching, but yeah, it was never like, all right, Dev, look, you're going to get your English degree. Then you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And it's like, that gotcha. was never the case. I was always kind of step by step. And as you're saying, Jerry, I just bet on myself. Like I'd rather go big and fail than be like 80 one day and be like, damn, I didn't, didn't go for the woman in my dreams. I didn't try, you know, I didn't take that job interview. I didn't do that podcast, that show. Cause I was scared or whatever. Like I'd rather, I'd try and fail and just see how it goes. And it's, you know, paying off so far. Message. That's are you, you are, you are where you are today, brother. And that, and I kind of want to get back into that too, brother. Cause I'm also curious how you got into gong. Cause I'll tell you how I got into my second yeah. row. Right. So my first yeah. sales job was I went in the room, there was yell, this and that I'm making cold calls. I'm killing them. I'm top one of the top sellers for eight straight quarters doing two fifty a quarter, bro. Like clockwork. Right. I had three different CEOs in a span of six months. So if you could imagine the transformation we've had is, Hey, yeah. Jared, do this, focus on this, call your prospects and do this. All right, Jared, this guy is gone. And now new guys coming. He said, Jared, scrap all that shit you just did and told your clients about. By the third one, I was done. Right. Right. Couldn't even get a good morning, right? And I'm keeping the lights on. So I ended up leaving. I went to a place for Con Lions. I'm thinking it was the film festival. And I ended up working <laughs> for the biggest fucking event company in the world, going to yeah. France, going Wait, to stop. London. I Wait, thought it was stop. the film festival. Wait, I kid talk, you not. Talk about, talk about misunderstandings. And <laughs> fucking head cracking them. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't know. I went to office. Right. I'm in the central. I'm in a big right. office. First two weeks, they sending me out to London. I'm going to, I'm going all over the world, bro. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. And yeah. I'm like, holy crap! I, I hit the jackpot. So I'm yeah. curious if you had, what was your first impression of Gong? Was it something that you lucked into? Was it something that you did research? Because you look like a very calculated guy. I could tell, but I'm just curious if that was just a, a good play or not. You know what I mean? Look, as intentional as I live my life, luck always plays a role into it, and like mm. you know, called chance, whatever. So I'm, I'm first to say that. So the first part was so, I, so from Clearslide bounced around a couple companies one was eventbrite yep. so like that one was successful uh getting mm. platform we've all love probably a, bought it yeah we eventbrite. love yeah we yeah. love eventbrite yeah and so i was there for about a year and a half almost two years doing really well and they were about to go public like in a few months like you're starting to prep for that so that's like you know in the tech industry that's like where you want to be there for that mm. um and so but what I had realized was I'd kind of like capped out. Like I wasn't really able to make more money. There was no promotions. Like I couldn't, I tried to move into marketing. That's when I first actually tried to move into marketing, got to the final interview, got let down, uh, tried to move into sales enablement, no roles, uh, tried to get into like, there's nowhere to go. And so I'm like, look, I don't want to be here in this role when I feel like I could have more potential. I want to do more. And so uh, here's the story how I got into Gong, which is kind of full circle. So sitting at my desk one day, my director comes up to me and she goes, hey, our VP just found this article. He really likes it. Why don't you read it and then like present it to the team in our meeting later tomorrow, whatever. I'm like, all right, sure. So I read it and it's Gong Labs. 
by Chris Orlop. So it's Gong's <laughs> content marketing. I never heard of them yet. I never heard of them yet. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, you go into your like, man, fine, I'll do it. And then I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, this is like really good, like very good. And it was the it was like the first one of the first ones, which is uh, the talk time. It was the first time they published the ideal talk to listen ratio using data for salespeople, which was like mind blowing. Style was really good. I was like, if I ever wrote content for B2B, this is what I would want it to be. Okay. That's 11 in the morning at 2 PM. I have one of those blind recruiter calls, you know, where they're like, Hey, th there's like this common template, which is like, Hey, Devin, I'm a recruiter for this company, but I can't tell you which one they're yeah. like series a here's like all this shit about them to try to entice you to take a blind call. Yeah. Never take them. But that's like how kind of like kind of desperate I was getting. I'm like, I'll just take the call whatever. So she was like, Hey, it's a series a company. They're in the sales tech space. They record calls. They're doing all this cool stuff with data. And I was like, wait, hold on. Is this gong? Goes, yeah, it's gong. And I was like, no way. And so I was like, look, luck or stars. I'm like, three hours yeah. later. Wait. Three oh, hours later. Wait, swear wait, to God, wait, same day. wait. You said the number. Wait, we got it. Wait, hold on. Yeah. You said the number one rule of the blind call is don't tell you who the fuck the company is. And you guess no, it. Like, no. okay, well, fuck it. You know it. So I'm going to spill the beans. Like, yeah, it's gong. No, you know? it's when they reach out to you. So they'll email right. you and they won't right. tell you who it is. And if right. you ask, they won't tell you who it is. But if you get right. on the call, they'll tell you who it is. So oh, that's okay. like, oh, oh okay. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so to give Chad content, so if you're a recruiter, right, you have a contract with gong, right? You don't want to tell them because then why do you need me? Because you could go reply directly to gong. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So that's what it was. Makes she's sense. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then she could tell me, and uh, she's like, "Are you interested?" They're opening. It was for their first uh, couple sales roles, and they're like forty-five employees globally, twelve in the states at this time, and there's one other sales rep. And so I'm like, "Yes, like the stars are aligned. Like I got to say yes to this." And so ended up doing the uh, doing the interview process, um, and. Uh, and, and got through, I didn't think I got it, by the way, there's, there's Israelis that were on the other side of the interview screen from Israel. And one of them, uh, a good friend of Ron, he spent 10 years in like the Israeli, like surveillance teams, like, like counterintelligence yeah. for 30 minutes, stone cold, no emotion. <laughs> I hung up the phone. Like, did he hear me? Like nothing. Like I got nothing out of the interview, closed the laptop. Like, well, I'll just go find another job. And so I ended up get, but they ended up getting, giving me the job. Uh, and so I was the second, second sales hire, uh, for the team way back in the day. And that's, yeah, that's how I wow. got it was on the sales team for three years. And then I ended up moving to marketing where then I wrote gong labs for, for two years. So literally from the ground up 45 employees to what they, up. for what, to what they are now, you were in yeah. at the technically the ground level. That's yeah. Yeah. Really startup. Wow. Straight wow. Startup. And you know, which and, was a um, huge risk coming from Eventbrite, where it's just like about to go public. And I'm like, hey, I'm leaving for this 45 person company that records sales calls. And at the time, you'd be five minutes into a sales call, like, all right, Chad, so like, here's what we do. And Chad'd be like, all right, like, how do you do that? All right, so we record your sales calls and be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to do what? <laughs> like, people <laughs> yeah, were not trying yeah, to have right, you, like, right, this was, was very there. novel back then right, in this right. space. So, yeah, it was, right. it was different times. But, yeah, that's, that's how it all got started. But, but at, over time, it was a great product market fit, right? Like, you know what I mean? Because before yeah. Gong, right? So, once I was in the boiler room, take it back to when I had the baggy, the double breasted Steve Harvey, right? I'm making two, 300 calls a day, and we had no way to get better. How do I hear yep. that call at 1110, bro? We just had a straight auto dialer. Remember the auto dialer days? You just press the yep. button, boop, next one, boop, next one, boop, yep. next. And you had no data. So how you as a business can run or forecast your business off of that, right? And we all know yeah. that 
we put in incorrect data, right? Suzy didn't pick up ever. This and this one did it. You know, yeah. and, and it is terrible, right? So when Gong came in, it was at a point where technology was evolving, and it was a point that you absolutely needed it. And it was around the recession time. I think you guys blew up. Uh, not yet. The recession was in 2020 when the pandemic happened. So no, it was no, like, no. Oh, oh wait, I was thinking about like when did you guys started? When it founded? Uh, I was in sales for like 2016. Gong was 2016. There's been other call recorders, but it was mostly for the like uh, banking industry. So yeah. it was more compliance. It was like yeah. if someone calls about their money or like, you know, the compliance use case was there, but that's more like call sales. center software. Yeah, was, this was the first for B2B tech yeah. sales, you know, the tw going back to the Twitters of the world and like all those, yeah. that's who we were like selling to. So yeah, that was 2016. I joined in 2017. Yeah. That, that was crazy. You know, to hear your story about how you joined and to hear first- wow. First account, how Udi joined. Udi said the yeah. same thing. He said the CEO reached out. He already knew him. And he said the same thing. He was a military background. And Udi was yep. like, he was making he was making good money. And then he just saw it, right? He said, he said, hey, if you give me a good product and you show it to me, come back to me in six months. And they actually showed it to him. He saw the vision. He said, I want you to lead marketing. And he told me one thing about marketing. He said, how would you start it you know, from the ground up? He said, I would put a, a billboard in my room. It said, 8 billion people, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, nobody cares. He said, that was the philosophy because nobody cares right. how good our product is. And right. what we're going to do is create really good, compelling content to get right. you yeah. want to come to us, right? And you was on the forefront of that. When I heard that story, I was like, oh, God, you're a fucking beast. Udi's phenomenal CMO. And he had a huge, huge dude. part in the brand and my, and my you know, mentoring me and, and teaching me along the way. And that was a, a similar thing we said on my team because we were like top of funnel, you know, uh, yeah. and like awareness focused. And so the, the 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 thing I would say to my team is no one gives a shit about our product. That's no it. one cares. No one cares at all about the product. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to get interest, build build trust at scale, get people to know, like, and trust us. Then we earn the right to educate them on the product. And so that was always mm. the mantra. I got a, I got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, those, for those like um, for those that are not exactly familiar with the Salesforce. Uh, work day because you're shooting for quotas is there an actual nine to five punch in and punch out or is it more of like you can get there when you get there as long as you kind of meet the requirements for the day and then you can kind of punch out like what kind of hours numbers kind numbers matter numbers. That's all. No, that's what i'm saying so what kind of hours yeah. were you putting in from the first company that you went with, with excuse me from the first company you were with and then when you transitioned over to Gong, yeah. right? Were we talking like eight hour days, 12 hour days? What, what's your workflow look like? So it's numbers until like, but unless you're just getting started at the company. So it's yeah. kind of like this, it's like activity. I don't, I never cared how many cold calls you made and, and emails. It's like, you need meetings and you need money. Like that's what we need, meetings and money. So that's, that's what matters. Okay. If you can do it in four hours, great, but no one's gonna let you start on day one, showing up at 10, leaving at two. You have to put in the work up front. Exactly. Um, when I was at ClearSlide getting started, I don't know, showing up at like 7.45 a.m., leaving at 6, going home, eating, and then studying. Like, I remember sitting at my like dingy ass dining table, which is like my <laughs> the one table in my apartment. It was just the table. It wasn't a dining table. It was a table. Right. I think my aunt gave it to me for free. It was like in her garage. And like with my notebook, just like, all right, what do we do today? Like, how are we getting better? Like studying the playbooks and just like so two, three hours a night until I sucked less wasn't good for a while. I just sucked less and less. Once I got to the, you know, three, four years later at Eventbrite, I was coasting. I knew what I was doing. It took three months to figure it out. And I'm like, all right, cool. I can show up at nine. I don't have to work super hard. I can like, I knew I was more effective. I was more efficient.
Yeah. And then I, yeah, then it's That's a numbers game. You hit quarter, yeah, you hit quarter twice, you're good. Like, all right, keep hitting your number. I don't really care what you do, but it's in that order. You never just get to join because if you miss your number and your activity metrics aren't there, then you look bad. Then you look bad. You okay. look like you're not trying. So it's and like I, you have to be kind of careful. So my safety net, yeah. work hard, hit the numbers always. Just keep hitting the numbers, keep yeah. working hard because God forbid you miss your number. They go, well, Devin, let's see. Were you trying? Yes. Were you here on time? Yes. Do people like working with you? Yes. Okay. You get another shot. You get another shot. That's it. So, Nailed so, it. So also with that, again, you know, this is coming from somebody that doesn't know the sales force, right? Yeah. Um, yes. I know it's incentive based to hit your numbers and the bonuses involved. So is your pay rate based on a nine to five, like minimum wage plus bonus scale? Or are you based on just commission only? No, base, base it's in tech. Yeah. Based on commission in tech. So you would get a $120,000, a $150,000 salary, and then okay. you get a commission based uh, on the sales. So okay. your salary is to get you to show up, be productive, make those calls, set gotcha. the meetings, do all of that stuff, right? Now you hitting your bonuses is you being successful. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, Chad, it'd be like 50-50. Like a 50-50 split is really common. So it'd be like, look, 75K to show up. And if you hit your number, another 75 on that, you make exactly. on gotcha. that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, most see, I, pretty yeah, common was like 60 that. 40. Yeah, right. yeah. exactly. Yeah, so and I'm like glad you gave wage. that answer. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you gave that answer because people that have no idea about how the sales force works, we would never right. know that. You know what right. I mean? Most people have an idea of, you know, punch the clock, right? Punch in a certain time, punch out a certain time and, you know, commission based off of if you do sales. So right. I'm glad you explained that to me because I would have never known that. See, but 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 this is why the reason why we get paid so much because it's the quick turnaround. So 77% of sales folks fail within the first eight months. what it is baby and that's the stats so so we have to survive we have to eat right we have yeah. to stay motivated you're gonna have up days down days all in between right so when you don't hit your quota what are you gonna do you still gotta pay rent you still gotta do those things so that's to keep you in the door bro and like yeah. you know, the sales game is, is so difficult so for those who's listening that's why i got into sales and that's why i love to get in sales you can be the best teacher in the world right i tell my, my you know my son's mother this all the time you and all my family they're all teachers you can be the best teacher in new york city you're gonna make x amount of money Yep. Right. What, what, you know what I mean? Even though we're needed and all those other things, sales is the only role where you get to control your destiny in terms of finance. If I want to bust my ass, I can make 300, 400,000 a year. But guess what? My schedule is going to look like seven to eight. It's going to look like no eat, no lunch breaks. Yep. It's going to look like me gotcha. being very, you know, uh, meticulous to detail. My CRM is up to date. My forecasting is on point. All those different things have to work in order for me to be that seller. But there's no other job in America that you can do. I know guys that are making more than a president. Yeah, you should right. be. There should be. Uh, it's a good. It's a good a test. <laughs> the president makes 400k. I mean, technically, in the, in the realm of what is a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's well, not. A, that's not a lot. Yeah. In a B2B company, at least like a more mature one, there should be right. one or two enterprise reps making more than the CEO on a cash basis. Absolutely. CEO always has okay. most equity, and but you know what I mean. So it's like. If someone's not making seven figures, then it's probably not a very healthy company because they don't have product market fit. They haven't figured it out yet. Exactly. So, yeah. Gotcha. I got, I got, another, got another. <laughs> I, got, I told you he was going to drop jewels today. I got another important question, and it reverts back from the construction thing, right? When yeah. we have people come into construction because it's a very, very dangerous business, you make a mistake, you can lose your life. You can lose your life and maybe even kill somebody else, right? We have what's called apprenticeship programs. Is there such a type of a program in sales? Because guys are coming in brand new. 
I understand they give you the opportunity, but is there some type of system set up where they can say, hey, we're going to teach you at least for the next four weeks. Like maybe you can um, shadow somebody like a senior, mm -hmm. not, maybe not a senior Ooh. rep. But Onboarding. Maybe, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, you want to take it, Devin? Right. <laughs> you know, I yeah, don't yeah, know, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Is so, there so something it's, it's like onboarding. that set up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's called a three-month ramp. So, yeah. you, so what happened is like, you, sometimes like they, it depends on the company. Sometimes day one to 30 don't count. It's just like, go to onboarding, meet your coworkers, that sort of thing. Depends on the company. Okay. Then you have a true three month ramp. So let's say your quota for the quarter would be a hundred grand. They'll say month, you know, month one is 20 K month is, you know, then it's 40, then it's like 60. Like they ramp you up to that number. So you're not on the hook for a full ramp on your first quarter. Gotcha. Yeah. And so what it is though, it's a test because it's like, if you can't quickly close a deal and start to show those signs early, you'll just get cut before they even put you on full salary. Um, so that's pretty common. I've seen guys not hit it, just miss their numbers. Uh, sometimes they stay, sometimes they don't. Again, it goes back to those other reasons. Are they doing all the other right things? And this person deserves more time. I've had guys just like not show up to coaching sessions on a Friday, like just show up an hour late or show up smelling like liquor and they just get fired. Like, we're not here for this. You're on day 14 and you're messing around like this. Like just kick, you know, kick rocks. So you do get a chance to do it. Most, most people have what Jared, 90% of people probably get through ramp and, and get a shot at the, so it's like a probationary point. period. No, no? That, that's that free money. Period? Period? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you get, you and you get paid full OTE. So it's kind of nice. Full, <laughs> full salary to go in there and say, hi, hi, hi. Now gotcha. it's up to you as the seller to what you do with those days. You can sit there and kick your feet right. up and take the money, or you can be focused and actually make the right questions, make the right relationships in the organization. Yeah. Look at how the sellers are doing. Who are the top sellers? How do you know, what is my territory map and my planning look like? You could be doing so many things. So don't waste that time. Right. I know we've done I've, I've definitely done. It. I've wasted 60 days. I'm like, ah, man. And that 50 day 59, I ain't got shit in the pipeline. Don't know shit about the product. Yeah, <laughs> I've yep. done it. And then now I'm sitting there like this. Uh, so it happens like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it sales is crazy, brother. Sales is crazy. No, I appreciate that again, because, you know, not everybody knows the intricacies of the sales force. You know what I mean? Yep. See, but, it's, but, it's, but that's but yeah. but but that's why so many people fail, and that's why that percentage gotcha. is so high because every single onboarding from every different company is completely different. Gotcha. Some yep. organizations are going to be so organized and complete where they have that mentor who's actually in that apprenticeship program, and right. everybody learns differently, right? So I might come in there. I've been told at jobs, hey, just pick up the phone. This is your these are your thousand leads. Make it happen. Yep. Right. So out that thousand leads, I've got a thousand companies to call and whatever territory or whatever. And I have to figure out what my pitch is. What am I going to send out to emails and know what all this? That's why we started the personal branding shit, because I felt like that was bullshit. So if I'm going to get a territory and get a thousand leads, guess what? I might have Iowa. And guess what? There's not enough business in Iowa for me to hit this number. So I right. might and back to accountability. I could be like, holy shit, damn it. Devin has the best. Right. Of, he has New York and he's killing it. No, you got to figure it out. Gotcha. So that's why the personal branding is so important today because you go on LinkedIn, you create your content, you build that trust and credibility, and guess where yep. they're coming to you and not to any other seller that's in the organization just making calls. Message. I think you dropped the gym there, my boy. I'm ready to pod, baby. Ready Devin to pod. got me ready. I, I see Devin ready got me pod. ready. <laughs> my boy ready to pod. <laughs> he got me ready. No, absolutely. Okay, so now you're, you're in Gong. You're in Gong. Yep. And now you're moving technically from step one, which is the intro phase, right? The boiler room type phase, the, the introductory phase. Now you're moving into step two, right? Uh, phase two. Uh, walk us through that. So phase two is like you just started to figure it out. So probably about a year in. That was a tough sell because you got to remember, too, there's established markets. People know what you have and you're just selling something that 
you know, you already know, right? Podcast mics, people know what they are. You need one or you don't. Yeah. What we were selling was uh, what you could call an evangelical sale, which is you have to explain to people why you should even care about this new thing. And so what you're basically doing is like, hey, uh, you're used to what Jared was saying, like, you're trying to explain to people, hey, you have this new future, this new way you could operate, which is to record these calls, get information from them and make better decisions and, and coach better. But the problem is you're running up against people saying, but like they're looking at reality is like, this is the way it just is. Like, this is just life. What do you mean? It's broken. It won't change. Like, this why do I yeah, need exactly. that? Right. Like, why do <laughs> exactly. I need that? Why Consumer do I need education. That? Literally, I've had people say, Devin, I've been running this business for seven years before you called me today. What do you mean? I need it now. So right. it's a different, you have to master that conversation. It took a few months, probably up to a year before I was like super comfortable. Like, you know, you've, you've seen these punches. You're like, I know what to do. Like, you know, yeah. and then um, moved into mid-market, which is just bigger accounts, bigger deals as the, as the, um, as the company got bigger. And then, um, I started making money. I started like making real money. I was like, finally, like, all right, cool. Like, like I'm, we're still working hard, but not, uh, as stressed, right. I've got it figured yeah. out. I've got my playbook. And, uh, right when I've had like a couple quarters making the most money I ever had in my career, uh, is when I decided to give it all up and move into marketing. So, I just seem to find ways to make my life harder. Uh, sometimes Wait, oh, time, no, bigger, no, 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 thousand dollars in your pocket you took a risk took a job you had no idea no education on in the middle of that job you now get a cold call from gong and you pivot now you had eventbrite it was almost a guaranteed thing and you pivot guaranteed thing versus risk i'm starting to think you're a risk do you like (laughs) it Devin likes to live dangerous it's it's feeling Uh, that it's gonna be trouble (laughs) <laughs> I think Devin likes the the adrenaline rush of I don't I know what this leads, but over here is a dark door. Like I, I'm gonna have to walk through the. My door wife would agree. Right, yeah. so that's what I'm saying because now you go to Gong. Now you're saying you were in Gong. You're starting to make money, right? You can see that money coming in. You can start to plan yeah. out and budget, and something else come up, and you like, I'm eating over here, but I don't even know what this is. But fuck it. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, what, what's so real no, about like like you yeah. said. Because your in-sales is making a good, a good amount of money right yeah. now. And for anybody listening, in 2023 and beyond, in order to be a successful seller in B2B tech, yeah. you have to be a hybrid role of a marketer and seller. So you kind of saw that ahead of time to say, you know what, I'm actually killing it here. But most of the great sellers want to understand how am I making the money and who is providing them right, leads right. and the meat on the table and which is marketing. So when we don't have a bad quarter, guess what? If we're not doing good outbound, you're like, where the hell are my inbound leads? Who drives inbound yep. leads? The marketing team. So I'm assuming, Dev, your, more, your sales brain was like, hmm, yeah. if I could get to know this. How much more dangerous will I become in my role? And then Gong just laid you the opportunity, which is rare, because if you're doing really well in sales, most people want to hinder you and keep you there. Yep. Wait, yeah, wait. that's you, fair. You, you said hinder. Now, you, you know where I'm going with it. So I'm ready for it, Devin. Hit me. So you was in the first company. You're, you're an English teacher. You understand? You're an English teacher. <laughs> and you're coming in here taking our fucking jobs. This is what the hold on, hold on. No, this is what this is what construction is. This is how construction works, right? Apprentices yeah. come in, 
the old timers, imagine now we come in, let me use construction as a baseline, right? The old timers, if you look at the old videos of construction, when they erected things like the Statue of Liberty, Golden Gate Bridge, these iconic things, these guys were no safety measures, smoking, drinking, walking around, fucking drinking yeah. on the job. It was just crazy. Nowadays, guys like me, a safety guy, I walk in, you ain't got your hard hat on, your harness on, you, you on the machine, I, can't, I just throw you right off the job. Yep. So, so now you get these apprentices that come in and say, hey, I have 40 classes of education under my belt, and I'm battling these old timers that are stuck doing it. I've been doing this 20 years, kid. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You, just yep. you got that yep. education. So I'm ready for it now. You came on a job with, with, a, with an education ready to go be a teacher. Now you're in sales, and now you're rocking. You got one of the eight spots. You got, you got one of the eight spots. I know you beat out some people that was mad. I, I need to hear the story. Did, who, who, did somebody threaten you? Did you sugar your coffee too much or something? You know what I mean? Tell us about, like, did anybody, like, come at you like, yo, you got to step back. You're stepping on our toes. I, it has to be because it sounds like sales is very competitive. And that boiler uh, room you, seems you talking about like the a, clear slide at the first yeah, job? I'm, I'm just talking about any in, in, in the clear slide and in gong, right? Because obviously you're moving up and you're pivoting and they're looking mm. at you like, who is this hot shot? Because it, it, oh, it always yeah, happens, yeah. right? It always happens. Somebody older that's been there longer feels like they deserve the opportunity yeah. that they feel like was handed to you. Do Tell you us a story the, about that. Do you remember the, uh, you also, uh, The Last Dance? Yes. With Michael? Do you yes. remember the game where he made up somebody talk shit about his game and just because he needed an enemy? Do you remember that? It was yes. like some yes. obscure I, basketball You said player. Last Dance. All I'm thinking is save the Last Dance. I'm seeing no, you no, fucking no, no. dancing. So the, the, no, no, no. So the, la the, last, the last dance. <laughs> I don't remember that shit. <laughs> no, so the Last Dance was the Bull story, the Michael Jordan story. And one yeah. of the things that, yeah, so one of the things that Michael Jordan said that he, maybe he never expressed before was he used to make up stories about what the other team what said about him saying, yeah. just to make him mad. And, they, and they didn't even Absolutely. say it. He'd be like, you said my mother, what? Like, what? These shoes It was nice. like, yeah. so, yeah. some guy put up like 30 points. Michael right. had like an okay, he put up 12, he had like an okay right. game. Right. And he just said to himself and told like some people in the locker room that like the guy came up to him and was like, nice game. That's it. Yeah, that never happened. He just right. made that up, and the next game he went off for like forty-five and kicked their ass or something. Right, right. right. And so I bring that up because when I was uh, at Clearslide, um, I had a director come in. It wasn't the one that had hired me; it was a different one because we had a change change in management. And he put me and my manager in a room, and he just looked at me. He's like, "You don't have what it takes. You're not wow. that guy." Like wow. you, you've got 30 days to hit these metrics. I don't even think you're going to do it. I'm only doing it because Matt thinks I should, but I know you don't have what it takes. So you was on a pit. And wow. I was on a pit. There I was on go. a pit and I got off the pit. And what the reason I brought up the Michael Jordan story was all I've ever needed was someone to tell me I can't do something. That's it. You say you can't, I'm fired up and I'm like, I will prove you wrong. And so <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. So I, so from that time, and I was like I a year into my career at that time, I was very young, very like, you know, a lot of people I think would have got pressed that way and crumbled and just been like, yeah, you're right. I'm not that guy. I need to go back to sack. And I was like, nah, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And then I got off pit and he ended up getting fired for something else. So on the way out the door, I was like, nice game. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Ever since then, Chad, no, honestly, did I yeah. have a lot of people? You always have like a VP yeah. or something, you know, someone always like trying to press you because a lot yeah. of times in sales, they use like fear tactics or pressure tactics to like press you. They want to make you nervous and to stress right. you out because yeah. they want to make you perform. 
And yeah. so you asked me, did someone like do that kind of basically on the, on the way? The truth is in the last five years, not really. Okay. So I made it up in my head. I made it up stuff. Like I'm trying to prove somebody wrong. Like you said, I couldn't be successful in sales. Let me prove that I can. You said, I can't move into marketing and kill it. Let me prove that I can. And so I always just had that in my head, like trying to prove something to myself. And once I proved it to myself, I would just make up stuff and like, that's got crazy. to set a goal and be like, yeah, I got to figure out a way to do it. It's, it's crazy for me to hit it because I've seen your journey, bro, the past three years. So like we're, we're OGs of LinkedIn. Like when it really started yeah. popping off, you were there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was only so many of us. Right. And so you, you went down this path. Like I'm curious for you to know as a marketer. So once you swift shifted from sales to marketing, what was the craziest thing that happened to you that made you say, man, I'm actually really effing good at marketing. And then the second part, yeah. how did you go into personal branding? Uh, the first time that I knew I was killing it was when someone called me a fraud. <laughs> mm. So well, I, hold on, I was, wait, wait, you want to call him out? You want to call him out? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> he's trying to go viral. Hey, I like it. I like it. Right he's trying to go viral. I like it. I like where he's going. I'm ready to pause. Shout out to Shans. Put, that was put great. A, put him on. Listen, listen. Put him on blast. This is your platform. You no, know, hey, Chad, no free press for the haters. All right. You don't get no free press. Uh, I always think of like M uh, MGK when you go at Eminem and Eminem responds. All you do is make MGK more famous. Uh, so I don't do that. But um, it was a hater. And there's two of them, actually. So I would write Gong Labs, which is research. Right. So I'm literally using data. And then I'm writing these blogs of just like, you know, insights like, you know, this is what works when you talk to decision makers. These words help you close more deals. And there was a competitor whose CEO was one person. And there's other dude who I won't name, uh, who's just some guy. I think he's a CEO too, which is kind of funny. And they would troll me every time I dropped one of these on LinkedIn. If you go, Jerry, if you really wanted, I you could remember. go back to these old ones and you could find these negative comments. And, and they're like, <laughs> you're a fraud. You don't know what you're talking about. And I hit up my CMO, Udi. And I'm like, oh, it was the cursing post. That's what it was. I wrote a blog that said cursing that on sales calls and why is it actually helps works? you. In, it does work. <laughs> I remember and that. I had people like quoting the Bible at me after that one. Like yeah. people were not happy. The Bible Belt was not a Devin Reed fan for a few months, if not still. <laughs> um, but these two CEOs would come and just troll everything from that post onward. And I talked to Udi and I'm like, hey, man, like I'm kind of I'm kind of like nervous, like, you know, Am I making Gong look bad? Like I'm doing what you asked and I think we're doing well. Like engagement's crazy. And he was like, the only reason they're pissed is because it's working. Mm. They're pissed because they're, it's working and their marketing is not. He's like, they should be spending more time marketing their company. They'd probably be doing better. Keep doing what you're doing. Message. And so I'm like, okay, actually engagement is great regardless, which is why I don't say their names. And what they didn't realize is the CEO every time would come post on my post, talk shit, and all the, if you know how the LinkedIn algorithm works, all he's doing is saying, hey, following, why don't you go look at what I just commented on? And I would just get more followers. Like it would just help me more. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like now I start, I'm starting to like accept, like I kind of hope I get some hate. I hope like 10, 20% don't like what I'm doing because they're just going to boost my numbers. They're, more people are going to end up seeing up it now. and I'm going to yeah. get more known. It's yeah. going to work. So that's when I knew I was killing it. And that's when I was like, all right, cool. I can get used to this. This, this works for me. And as a result yeah. of you posting that, then your personal brand, your personal brand began to grow, right. and you started to see the real, actual effects of that. Like, but who came up with the with the? Because I saw that shit, and I thought the same thing. So that's why I'm gonna bring it up. I saw that shit. I was at the agency. It was like, hey, how does cursing? I curse all the time, and I'm killing it. So I'm sitting there loving that post, and I'm trying to yeah. be like, hey, this is the data that shows that boom, boom. So yeah. like, who came up with that idea to actually do that? Because that's outside the box. You know what I'm saying? Did you well, actually come exactly up with that idea? Happened. 
Here's All exactly right. how it happened. My I'm God. sitting at my desk, literally just sitting at my desk. And I'm like, I got to think of the next, like the next gong labs, right? I got to think of the next hypothesis, the data that we're like, here's the thing, data team we need to go look at. I was like, fuck, I don't know. What about cussing on sales calls? Huh. <laughs> I remember Bing sometimes ball. I've cut, I'm like, I've been cursed at. I'm like, I feel like when I curse, I feel like they kind of curse too. I'm like, maybe it's not a bad thing. And then I was enough that me going, fuck, I don't know, was the like, maybe that's it. And so I just went to the lab and was like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I personally think it's not bad. I didn't know if it was good, but I didn't think it was bad. Right. And so we looked at the data and it was basically like, and there was nuance to it, Jerry, you might remember, which was like, I didn't go in the blog saying, hey, open the phone with, you know, how the, are you doing? Or exactly. like, you know, be blatant about it. <laughs> what the data showed was when a sales rep curses and the prospect reciprocates the it, curse, then you're in motion. Win rates go up. <laughs> and what I was trying to, and what I, what I conveyed was what's happening is trust. You're letting your guard down, your corporate polish down. You're saying, hey, you're like me. Let's be lax. Let's be casual. I trust you. That's what's happening. And therefore, correlation to win rates. People didn't read the fine print and were like, Devin Reed saying we should curse on sales calls, which was funny because years, even to this day, I'll get on like a discovery call as a buyer and someone will be like, Devin, how the f are you doing, man? I read that blog. <laughs> I read that blog and I was like, you didn't read it all because that's not what I said to do. And it always said the prospect, you don't curse first. The pro you let the prospect right. do it to say it's okay. Yeah. And now you're in motion. Now you have that trust. Exactly. And that, and that credibility established. Like, your so bro, that we got to, we got to, I got to chime in because I have to do it now. We had a situation arise like this. <laughs> we, three days. That's what, don't fucking laugh. Don't laugh. Damn. Put no, I'll put Jared on the spot. So we're in Miami. We went for the pod summit and we are talking to a client and our partner emails us and he's excited. So he kind of curses in the chat. Jared doesn't realize that the chat is going to everybody. So he responds with the cursing right now. Mind you, yeah. we don't know that our clients are like Christian based. The, the CEO, <laughs> the everybody's CEO, involved. Everybody's involved, but they're also Christian based, right? So now the chat comes across where the, the client curses and we curse behind it. And they read it and responded like, well, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jared brought it to me like, holy shit, I fucked up. I was like, what so, happened? And, go ahead, Jared, tell and, me. And, and, so, no, to give you context, too, like, we're in Miami. We're in Miami. The, our, our flight is delayed 12 hours. I'm in no sleep. Mm. I'm yeah. so we go to Podfest something. We got in the yeah. house at four in the morning. I stayed yeah. up and all that stuff. I'm going on 48 hours, no sleep. Absolutely. I got the responder like, yes, the client loves you. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. That means he fucking yeah. loves you. Yeah, he yeah. fucking loves you. Yeah. <laughs> Replied all. Everybody's like, holy shit. I'm, I'm sitting there like, I almost fell out. I almost fell out on the balcony. Yep. He'll tell you. I'm sitting there, oh my God. Oh, oh no. Our business is crumbled. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, it's, when you and this is what we talk about organic and being your authentic self, right? There it is. He pulled the message up. Oh, he's out of control. He's out of control. You got too far. That's Jordan's out of control. But this goes to show, right? That exactly what you're talking about, we actually went through organically, right? Organically, right? And it shows that it worked, right? Mm -hmm. It worked. He obviously, we, that's not, you know, that's not in a professional manner of how we normally do things, but Absolutely. It, it, it came, like you said, somebody cursed first. He responded like, oh, I'm excited. Like you excited. It went out and, they, and everybody was like, well, shit, if you two guys are excited, then we're excited. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and opened the door. Made, no, it just it made beautiful. for a, a great, a great situation. I got a question for you. Um, So now, Devin, 
you are in this role. You're still at Gong, correct? Uh, I'm at Clary now. I'm sorry, you're at Clary. I'm sorry, you're at Clary, right? So now you're moving up the ladder. You're moving up the ladder. So you position from Gong, you go to Clarity, right? So now you're not, you know, you're not 23-year-old Devin. You've made some money. You've made some money. Um, Do you have a family yet? I'm curious. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I got two little girls and a third on the way. Perfect. God bless, baby. God bless. How how old are your daughters now? Uh, Three and one. Okay, so mm. here's the reason I'm asking that, right? Because young yeah. Devin was reckless. He was reckless. <laughs> you were reckless. That's what we're going to do. You were reckless, right? You're like, I'm just going wherever the sun shine, I'm going, right? Um, yep. Now you have a lady in your life. You have ch- children. You've started a family now. Um, so now you're at Gong. You're making a couple dollars at Gong. What, what's your mountaintop? Like, where do, where do you say, okay, I can get to this level and be comfortable or are you feeling like you're going to get a couple dollars and if another opportunity shines on you, you might be like, babe, I know we could, but the sun's shining right here over there. I might need to go left, you know? Chad, Chad you know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. That's you know real. You must have a very understanding real. woman. <laughs> no, no, I, I really real. do. Wait, you know I what really it is? Do, but... He said, don't yeah, box yeah, in my creativity. He said, don't box in my... I no, got to no, do what no, I got to no, do. No, let's, let's get... I want to yeah. get real. Let's get real, yeah. Dad. Yeah, yeah. Because you created a great personal brand yeah. on LinkedIn. You have the newsletter that's making six figures on the side. Why go to a job? Right. So, good question, kids. Uh, benefits. Uh, yeah. Half kidding. Half kidding. Like, I, at the I time know. that I went yeah. to Clary, I had one kid with another on the way. And my thing is, like, you know, as all you know, men are taught to do, but dads sure. specifically, like your job is to provide, like if you need to sacrifice a dream to put food on the table, like that's yeah. a no brainer for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I said, uh, but that's part of it. But the honest other part was I'd been ahead of content at Gong. I wanted to do it again because my goal is to be the best B2B content strategist in the game. Mm. Hands down. When you think yeah, of B2B is. content, content strategy, if my name's not in that sentence, I'm not doing enough. I got so a four, wait, 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 don't, wait, don't go any further. We learned that exact same thing at the podcast fest, right? Mm. They said, we was in a room of a thousand people and they said, who's the best in their industry? You remember that, Jared? Yeah. They said, if I say, A, who's the best in that? B, right? Who's the best in that? So it's funny that you just said that because that's exactly what they taught us. And they said, if you're not striving to be the best in your industry, when they mention your industry, if they don't mention your name, then you're not actually striving to be successful. No, no, yeah. no, no. Let's go. Let's go deep. Let's let's take him to school, Dev. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go, Dev. You ready yeah. to go? All right. So yeah. you start. You, you obviously because you want to be the best in the game, right? But what yeah. does that look like in the B2B space? How do you quantify the best in the game in the B2B space? So you don't get an award at the end of the year. There's, there's no, no Academy there's Awards. No, for none of that. Right. Okay. So yeah. you have to make up your own metrics. That's the truth. Like you got to Like I have mm-hmm. metrics for my business and things that decide that. Right. Yeah. The first thing was when I moved into marketing, I get competitive. I see Dave Gerhardt getting tagged all the time. Chris Walker Shout getting tagged all the time. And I'm like, Shout out to DG well, and Chris. I mean, I'm not as good, but I'm pretty damn good. You need <laughs> you to put there, my name bro. on that We're, list. Put some respect and on my so name. <laughs> I started tracking. I'm not on these lists. I'm not on these lists. I'm number 10. I'm number eight. I'm number five. And now I'm getting asked to be on shows and podcasts and stuff. And so I'm like, that's one way to think about it. Like, are people reaching out to me because I am somebody we're talking to and have something to say? So that's mm. one of the ways you can mm. do it. The other ways is like, uh, 
you know, am I making more money? Are people coming to me for a specific thing? If you come to me for email marketing, that's not the same thing. If you come to me for SDR output, that's not the same thing. But when I started getting folks reaching out to me, VP, CEO saying, I want you to come help me with content strategy, then I'm doing something right because it's, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my marketing is working. I'm talking about the right things and people are trying to hire me. So uh, it's funny that you asked that question because I put on my newsletter, I share with people, this is what I'm trying to do. And I get people responding like, how do you know you did it? And I said, you don't. And I like that. I just keep doing it every year on my business plan for the reader every year is be the number one B2B content strategist. There is no end. You just keep going. Oh my God. He's going crazy. He's going Call crazy. School back. He's, going, he's going, he's taking him to school. Taking him to school. Hold on. We got, let me, let me throw it on so, again so you can hear it. Let's do it one more time. One more time. Are you taking him to school listen, right Listen, now? listen, listen. Period three has ended. Period four. No, no, so no, no, no. Let's go to the advanced level because you right. could have, first of all, let's talk about the newsletter, right? Where right. did you see, how do you monetize off the newsletter? For those who are not listening, yep. or those are listening, right? LinkedIn has a newsletter option, right? Where you can actually extract... The difference between LinkedIn regular posts and the newsletter is that people actually sign in and want your content. So if I subscribe to his newsletter, I'm only going to get his content. And I'm going to get it every day like clockwork or whenever he produces his content. Gotcha. So you have so many areas and avenues to monetize your personal brand. What was that interview process like with Clary and why did you go that way? Like, you know what I'm trying to say, bro? Because you have yeah. so many. The world is your oyster. You know what it is. Like, why did you choose that? And I'm going to ask you a follow-up question after that. I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah. So we had started, uh, like, why Clary, too? So I had the reader. I could have gone full-time with the reader. And it's Absolutely. funny, you know, my, my, my wife has been extremely supportive because she's been wanting me to continue to invest in that. Like, she's like, your potential is with the yeah. reader going solo. It's not at any B2B job. Yeah, I'm the one who's like, I feel you, but we keep having kids. So I'm like, <laughs> you need to... <laughs> That's, that's hey, hold up. Cool session. <laughs> yeah. So pandemic started. We didn't have anywhere right. to go. We went, you right. know, we, we started having, making a family. So right. uh, I'm like that. Oh, man. Let me, <laughs> I got another one. Right. Let me, uh, let me, you know, build my skill set as a leader at a new company, you know, different time, diff you know, get more experience, deeper experience. So when I do go solo, I'm that much more valuable because I have that much more experience, right? There you go. So it's kind of like a slower build to a bigger payoff. And I've always been self-disciplined in that. Like the ability to say no to something now to something bigger later is is a huge skill set. It's it's tough to do, but I believe in that. And so when I went to Clary, I told Kyle straight up, who's very understanding, he has a he has a LinkedIn brand, like he's been doing his thing for a while. And I said, I'm not giving up the reader. It's going to happen in tandem. And I put it in there that like any IP and anything in the future is always mine. And like, you're good with this. Is it Cal, Cal, always... Cal Coleman? Or... He's my CMO. Sorry. So he's head of marketing. Cal, what's he's his going... last name? Coleman. What did I just say? Cal Coleman. He, he yeah. 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 I want to, I want to stop you right there because <laughs> you made a very valid point that me and Jared have discussed extensively for the last two weeks. And we try to explain it to other people. Other, a lot of people ask me like, Hey, Chad, you know, I know you're doing the podcast and you're doing this and you're doing that. You know, um, you know, why are you not doing the construction and why are you not doing this? And I said, because I don't get out of the bed for under a certain number. And they just kind of looked at me. I said, because I don't get out of the, Let me say it again. I don't get out of yeah. the bed for under a certain number. I have the experience. I have the know-how. That's what you're paying for. I didn't do all of that to get to a certain level to let you undervaluate me, right? Yep. I'd rather sit home and work on something else, which is whatever I'm working on. 
then yep. come and give you a discounted rate at the at the full workload. Because if you give me a discounted rate, you still if, if I say I want two hundred thousand dollars and you say I can give you a hundred thousand dollars, you still want two hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Exactly. So you still want double the work at half the pay. I tell people it sounds like you want someone else. Right. Hey, that, and that's is that's what I it mean. is. And, I mean. and, and and the fact that you have acknowledged that, because Jared has acknowledged that several times, right? It's the reason he's sitting here today, because he was with other companies. And mm-hmm. He was making a good mo- uh, amount, but he felt like he wasn't making what he was worth. And he yep. made the decision. Like he said in New York, if you walk away and you quit a job, there is no unemployment, right? If you quit, you cannot file for unemployment. You right. must get fired yep. and there's a parameter, right? So Jared was yeah. like, I don't care. I'll give you the context, Devin, and I'm going to ask you the follow question. I love what Chad is going with this, right? But for me, I was working at the agency, Devin. I don't know if you know my story personally, bro, but I was at the agency. I was in a weird space. I just came from Talkwalker, which was a, you know, the social listening intelligence platform. I I brought to market their um, influencer one product. So I was doing that. I was killing on sales. Long story short, I ended up getting canned maybe about 10 months later. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? And I was just killing it. And then basically I'm at an agency. The dude just lets me just, you know, be myself, right? We had it, we hit it off and I started creating content. I started the personal branding thing, so on and so forth, right? I ended yeah. up quitting there and I created a, a concept, right? I did a free agency post. I put my face and my body on Steph Curry, which is so funny that you said it earlier, it on is. Steph Curry it and is. put the company logo on the jersey and posted yeah. that up. It said, breaking news by Adrian Wojnarowski. Jared <laughs> scores this amount of points and he's the fucking... Superstar stud in sales, and he's helping the dream yeah. bring a team to the championship level. I had Google, LinkedIn, <clears throat> Microsoft, so many different companies reach out to me. I landed on what I landed on, right? The problem with me is, right, with the personal brand, and once I actually realized the value of it, I started to realize why the hell am I making the same as John Smith or somebody else who isn't putting the time and has the network and the relationship that I have. Yep. Because remember back in the day when I was at the cold call spot, they used to ask me, where's your black book? Who can you call? What can yep. you do, right? So now today, that black book is LinkedIn. So if I'm saying I got X amount of connections, and these are actually people I can call, get on a podcast, have relationships with, come to New York, we're going to take you out to lunch, do all of that stuff, right? Why am yep. I making the same salary as John Smith that is simply cold calling, and I could not get with it? So what I did was, bro, I told my cousin straight up, I was getting numbers from all from CEOs. They weren't making sense. And I wasn't going to reach out to my friends because you get right. maybe one ask. And I'd rather them see the journey than make the ask. Right, right. So what I did was I called my cousin. We started OTB Digital. And then within that week, we had our first client. We're seven months right. in. And we're now we're about to be we're, we're, we're our six-figure business today. Right. I love that. Because of that, bro. And, you know, so for me, I'm in the torn between could I go back there? Because I know the value that I can bring with my personal brand to an organization. Yeah. My, my concern is do they see it? You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think you've got it because you're advising Notion and some big tech brands. So I would want to ask you for me, how do you get in those spaces where you're advising those other tech pump- companies, even though you have the, so- the proof of concept, you have the audience? How do you get in those conversations? And how are you proving ROI with that? So add that with yeah. that, right? What? How, do you, yeah. how are you showing them what their ROI would be if they hire you based on what, you, what you're providing? Yeah, so I think... So, so landing like advisor roles and, and other, and, you know, clients call it in general is yeah. for me has always been inbound, always inbound. So the thing that I tell people is like, look, all, so my track record gong is very successful. I was very visible in that role that did a lot for me. Clary, similar building up to that brand. And all I did on LinkedIn was talk about the journey. 
and the stuff that I know. So yeah, there's times where I'm like, you know, talking about Dreamville, might be talking about my sneaker deal that I wish I had, but like and that, that humanizes me, but I'm sharing tips, tactics, frameworks, experiences that is helping people. And they're consuming that. And they're like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And so back to earlier, what we're talking about when someone says content strategy, I want Devin Reed to be, a, you know, how people say word of yep. mouth marketing. My I, people don't actually think about the word. What is dark, the word? Dark of social. Mouth? It's Shout out to Chris, <laughs> that dark yeah, social, exactly. baby. So people hit me, all the stuff that you've listed have been inbound. Like people just reach out to me. I'm working on something cool, Devin, or I have this problem. I want you to come and help. So I get on the phone and then you asked about ROI is what I've learned is, you know, when I start, I'm not going to share my rate right now, but my first rate when I got started was 33 bucks an hour to just write blocks, 33 Mm. bucks an hour. It's a lot more than that now. And the reason is I've solved more, I've solved bigger, more expensive problems. So when someone's like, Hey, I want you to help with the content strategy. I'm trying to do this, this, and the other, I go to like, why, why, why? And eventually you get to like, my CEO is launching this product. And if we don't get the content right, it could flop. Beautiful. That's why you're going to pay me and why I'm not going to discount because that's a multi-million dollar project. There we go. And if it doesn't succeed, your ass is on the line and you calling me for help. I didn't call you. I don't need this. I got two kids and a third on the way and I like to go shoot hoops once in a while. I'll go do that if the money's not right. Nothing. But, but it goes back to what we said earlier, because you have that sales hat. Right. Most marketers wouldn't ask the why. That's the sales yeah. hat coming in and digging into the problem and is coming out. And they love you so much because you built so much trust. They're going exactly. to extend their hands and say, this is the problem, Devin, because I want to work with you that much. And this is exactly. what I'm going to do, man. So I, I'm curious. Yeah. This is my last question, bro. And I know we're coming up on 120. Yeah. What is the craziest experience or what is the craziest thing that has happened in your life as a result of your personal brand? I, if you want me to start you off, I started one, bro. Like I, <laughs> I, I, bro, I, I talked to so many CEOs. I, I, I put up a, a fucking medium rare steak. And I told this story earlier on the podcast, put a medium rare steak up on LinkedIn. It has nothing to do with business. It was just seven o'clock. That shit was good. And I just put it up. <laughs> and yeah. then the CEO of Stars Entertainment likes the damn post. Of start, I got in his DM and I we started talking for roles for power. Wow. <laughs> I was trying to get in power, bro. Yeah, didn't yeah. happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. But I, I was, shot my I was... shot. So it, it's just so many crazy things. Devin, that I, I got him sure. earlier, so I got to get him again. You know, he's just too comfortable saying that he was sliding in other men's DMs. <laughs> you know You're too. I might, I might use a different verb, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're to... I would just be like, I, we were DMing. <laughs> You gotta stop, saying, you gotta stop yeah. saying that. You gotta stop saying that. I'm a sniper. I'm sorry. That's all I know it's sliding. I don't know. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot, B. Yeah, good. Um, I mean, like, I don't know how crazy it is, but I, I think it was cool. Uh, I posted, I want to be the first B2B marketer with a sneaker deal. Mm. And few people were like, Gary V already did it. And I'm like, nah, okay, second. But like, don't talk to me about that. And so, uh, my buddy saw it and he has a friend at York athletics, York athletics. I don't know if people see it. it's a shoe brand. It's out of New York and they saw it and they, uh, they connected me. I got two free pairs of shoes and then they ended up, uh, doing some, like we might do some sponsorship stuff, uh, for the, uh, for the readers. So it's not like crazy, but it was crazy in a way of like just putting an ad, uh, putting a goal out there, putting something like, uh, that I'm aspiring to, and the universe answered with like a couple of free pairs of kicks. Like, that's pretty dope to me. Like, I know it's not Adidas or anything. I had a couple other conversations with other Fire. kind of like tier three brands, but uh, 
I don't know. I thought that was cool. Bro, to I be like a it. salesperson and a marketer and getting free shoes, I haven't got a sneaker, a lace, or nothing. I've got, got some friends. I haven't Jordans. got, you know what I'm saying? You got about 400 pair of Jordans. But how dope is that? And so for <laughs> yeah. everybody listening, yeah. I told to, I, I screamed LinkedIn to the mountaintop. So right. you mean to tell me he put, you put in something that you wanted to do. You said, I want to yeah. be the first B2B person with a sneaker deal. And then you're on the way and started those conversations and and you know, and towards that, like yeah. that's crazy. So for everybody listening, all my people that's from the block, from the Bronx, from New York, that's watching all of our peoples, get off of Instagram, get off of Facebook, right? The decision makers are on LinkedIn. I'm telling yeah. you to change your life. Why would you want to be putting your aspiration for your cousins, your brother, the dude down the block? Guess what? They're not going to be able to change your life. Put yourself in the rooms that are going to change your life, and it's going to be LinkedIn, yeah. and the reach is still good. So while the reach is good, get your ass on there and be yourself and say what you want and give your expertise because we all have something valuable for someone else. Message. Boy, pardon. I'm ready, bro. You know you expired. I'm ready to what? Now I want I want to change so before, before, <laughs> before, before we get out of here, Devin, um, sure. real quick, off the top of your head, just if I'm somebody coming into the game right now, give me the top three things that you would recommend to me as somebody that's never done sales to say, I would like to be the next Devin Reed. Give me the top three things that you would like to say to somebody that you believe will be the next Devin Reed. So I'm, I'm not I'm not flipping it on you on purpose, but the first thing I always say is like right. people are like you want to be the next Dave Gerhard, you want to be the next right. Chris Walker. Right. Nah, I'm trying to be the first Devin Reed. So hey. don't be the next Devin Reed, be the first you. That was the first Message. Go, that boy pardon. Let's go. He that's ready. one. He ready. So that's the first thing. Right. I would say second is be intentional. I know we talked about it a lot. A lot of decisions I made mm -hmm. were intentional. Think about the next next step. Don't think about just tunnel vision. What's the next thing? A slightly better role, slightly more money. Take roles that are going to get you to the next next thing. If you want to be a CEO one day, take the next job that's going to get you there. So be intentional. Think ahead. And a way that I like to do it is I go. Three years from now, five years from now, if I look back at the decisions I made, what am I going to regret? Right. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like regret. So I do the other thing. So think of next, next step. Uh, the other one is like where accountability Devin comes out and it goes, just start. If you're going to start posting on LinkedIn, just do it. Quit trying to wait for perfection. There's no right day. The best time I'm to start gonna, is I'm, yesterday. I'm going to cut you off because I, I don't like that. I don't like that answer because Jared says that shit to me every day. And we argue every day about that. So, no. Scrub, Jordan, Devin's Scrub, answer number three. This Scrub, is what we do. OG, Jordan, let him know. OG, Scrub, let him know. answer number three. <laughs> <laughs> we go with Devin's top OG. two. Yo, that wait, was wait. an insider thing between wait, you and Jared. Wait, last question, bro, because we have a, we have a question. Yeah. They asked, any yeah. books help you on your journey, Devin? Like, what books? What are you reading right now? What's, what gets yeah. you focused? The number one book is the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. Uh, it's about behavioral psychology. So what he does is he just packages up all these different behavioral psychology experiments over the years. Some of them are like over 100 years old. And he takes them and he puts them into a marketing lens. And the reason it's so impactful is all sales is and, and marketing and what he says in his book is getting people to comply, which is getting people to say yes. So how do I reach out to somebody and get them to give me what I want by basically understanding what's going to make them say yes? What, how do I appeal to their interests? How do I frame my stories? How do I frame my asks in a way that is most likely to get a yes? That book, I read it every year or two. And everyone on my marketing team, I make them read that book because it is an absolute game changer. So you know what that means? What we're going to do here at More Than the Title, we're going to find that book. We're going to put the link up where you can buy it. 
I'm, I guarantee you we're going to get a personal copy of it because if it's that influential, then I feel like we need to have it as well. Thank you, Devin. We Absolutely, Dev. And, yeah. and, you know, as we, first of all, as we as we end off, brother, yeah. I just want to say, man, like, personally, because you're one of the LinkedIn OGs, man. You're one of the right. people I saw in my early days. It was you, DG, Chris Walker. And, like, I've had them all on the show, bro, which is, which is insane to me. Udi, right? And how our stories are intertwined, and I've been so far removed from it. And that's what's amazing yeah. to me, bro. And that's the power of LinkedIn. That's the power of social media. I want to sure. say thank you for doing what you do, bro, because yeah. we've always supported each other and rocked out. And this is our first time. For anybody, this is our first time meeting. Right. Yeah. After after years of, of supporting and la da da, right. y'all like your shit. You like my. I'm like, right. yo, bro, I rock with you. And then you know, I, I thank you, bro, because I reached out to you. I didn't know what you was gonna say, and you showed up, man. You Timing. showed out, Timing. and I really appreciate you, brother. And I wish you nothing but success. And I know you're gonna be, you, you're gonna kill him in the game, man. You're already a legend if nobody's told you. I appreciate that, man. Thanks and for having then, me on, and, for real. And, and let the people know where they can find you, Devin. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you and ask you about any type of information or, you know, just maybe try to apply for a mentorship with you and say, hey, man, I'm aspiring. You know, can you help me out? Let the people know where they can find you. Best Spot, Shocker, LinkedIn. Uh, you see my name on the screen. And then the second one is uh, thereader.co. So it's the reader, R W E D. You can see the sign. You know? There you go. Uh, yeah, there it's .co. If you go to .com, that's not me. If you ask why, .com is too expensive. Your boy's on a budget, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. What, what, what the hell is Shocker? I never heard of Shocker. Right, what is that? What the hell is Shocker? What is that? Shocker? I never yeah. heard. What the hell is that? Did I say Shocker? You said Shocker? I could have heard it was like another. You should find me on Shocker. I'm like, yo, bro, you got another social. Oh no! Oh no! No, I said it might be a. It might. I said no Shocker because we were talking about LinkedIn all the whole time. I'm off it. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what it is? No, no, no. No Shocker. You're not at that money level yet. I'm not at Shocker money level. You're not at Shocker money level. That's that's an app that we're not ready for yet. Well then, class. Class is now over. We but appreciate Devin, you, yo, Devin. Much yeah. love, brother. Absolutely, we appreciate guys. you. Thank Everybody you. that tuned in, man, this is another yeah. great episode of More Than Entitled, episode yeah. one of season four. Dev, much love. I'm going to send you my number, man. You're in New yeah. York. Anytime you're in New York, New York, you got the red carpet. Please yes, hit me up, man. Whatever you want to do, brother, is on us. That's the on least us. we can do, brother. Let's Absolutely. make it happen. Appreciate and you, boys. And also, you know, we like to thank, once again, we like to sincerely thank everybody. This is actually season four, right? Like he's like he mentioned, Udi was the very first. We're up to season four. This platform could not be possible without the support of the people. So we sincerely thank you. Just to let you guys know, we're excited about this season moving forward. And please, if you want to show support, like it, share it, uh, subscribe Strive. to our YouTube channel, you know, download the Alive Podcast app. That helps us bring you this type of content. Season four, episode one done. We are out of here. What you know about? What you know about? What you know about?